0: Hello and welcome to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Emma Sandler, Glossy's Beauty and Wellness Editor. Today, I have the honor and privilege of speaking with Jo Malone, the founder of the eponymous fragrance brand, which she sold to the Estee Lauder companies in 1999. Malone stepped back from her namesake brand in 2006 after a breast cancer diagnosis. And in 2011, Malone re entered the fragrance world with her second brand, Joe Loves. Today, Joe Loves is a Gen Z favorite worldwide, featuring new paintbrushes for fragrance and strong presence in the Middle East and Chinese luxury markets. Joe, thanks for being with us today.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: I'm good. (laughs) Where are you calling in from today? I know you're usually based in Dubai.
1: I I am, but I've come back. We had a big uh, fragrance launch here. So I came back to London and uh, London's been blue skies today, which has been a joy, a real joy. And
0: meanwhile, New York has been perpetually rainy and cloudy and very dreary.
1: (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) poor you, how awful.
0: (laughs) Well, Joe. so many people know of your namesake fragrance brand and the story of you creating it. But I really want to talk about more of the circumstances of your departure and what happened after you left the brand in 2006. Mm.
1: So um, when I sold the brand in the beginning uh, to the Estee Lauder Corporation, I thought I was going to stay forever. But, you know, sometimes life throws you a curveball and and life changes. And mine, I was 38 years old and I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And um, at the time when I was living in the UK, I was given nine months to live. So it was a very aggressive form of breast cancer and a very scary time. I went through all of my treatment. Actually, I came to live in New York City. I went to the amazing Sloan Kettering Hospital there, uh, treated by my darling friend, Dr. Larry Norton. And after 18 months of grueling treatment and chemo, I was then cancer free and able to go back to London. What I hadn't told anyone, not even my doctor, and certainly not my husband, was I'd lost my sense of smell in the second part of chemo. So it was the adramycin and cytoxin and then the taxol and the taxotere. And that's where I started to, my body really struggled and I lost my sense of smell. So when I went back into the business after being cancer free and gone through my treatment, I, I, felt, I felt I couldn't stay in a global brand and be a global kind of creative director with no sense to smell. So I decided it was time to move on. I knew that the business was in safe hands and everybody's job, that was my most important thing for me. Everybody's job was safe. And I resigned and I left. I was the last person to turn the key in the lock in Sloane Street, all those. And it's, you know, this is a long time ago now. This isn't, this isn't a few years ago. It's almost two decades. And um, I just thought, my goodness, what have I done? You know, I've walked away from my best friend. And I think what I've learned over the last few years is fragrance is not a business and not a career to me. It's my best friend. It's my best friend and the thing I love doing most in the, in the whole world. Uh, two weeks after leaving... Um, I woke up one morning and suddenly I could smell everything, but differently. There was something very animal-like about the sense. I could smell everything and my sense of smell had come back, but in a completely different form, much stronger, much more powerful, much, um, and it was, it, it was, it was like I was reborn into, into another life. And, uh, And so began, you know, the journey of a five-year lockout. Um, And then after the five-year lockout, it was like, I just, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a retailer. I'm a creative person. And I wanted to return. And so one night around a kitchen table eating supper, we started all over again. And that with Joe Loves.
0: And correct me if I'm wrong, but you have synesthesia too, yes? So I'm curious during that period of when you couldn't smell, like how that impacted you since your experience with senses is very different for most people.
1: Mm. Well, during during the chemo, I was very sick. So all my senses were slightly blurred. My vision was a little blurred. Um, and I think for those people that are on that intense chemotherapy, you you feel like you're looking in on your own life. So I wasn't scrutinizing myself and I wasn't creating any smell made me feel very sick anyway so um I wasn't really but when I came through that and I still didn't have I felt half a person because for me my sense of smell is probably my most predominant sense uh but as my sense of smell came back I was I was able to look at color it's such a different way and such a deep kind of intensity to it and passion. So it came back very differently. And I think because I hadn't smelt for a year, when it did come back, it was I was terrified I'd wake up every morning and it would be gone again.
0: I'm sure there was also, with your description of it being animal-like, that there was a rush of of sensations of senses of smells that had come back when it when it was restored
1: yeah and and I look at my senses now, and <clears throat> I think I can feel them bleeding one into another, you know through the power of smell, so the power of smell is my language, it's my words if you look if you looked at an artist, it would be color, be sight, if you looked at a musician. It's what they hear, so I think it's it's you know where you feel your jewel of a gift in life is. Mine is creating fragrance. I think I'm. I don't think anyone in the world can create fragrance like me. And I, the, the older I get, the more I see that the integrity and the relationship I have with creativity and the sense of smell is is probably has made me one of the happiest people in the world today.
0: Yes, and I'm sure many millions of people would also agree that no one can make fragrance and scents like you can. I am curious, you know, going back to sitting around the dining table trying to figure out, okay, like, how do we restart this journey again? How did you think about differentiating Joe Loves from Joe Malone London?
1: I didn't. I didn't because... You don't look at your life like that. And that's what I, I look at myself with a with a creative gift. And at the time, when I sat there around that table and my little boy who was seven came up with the name for the company. And then we started to say, okay, legally, these are the things that you have to abide by. And that's when it started to hit me. It didn't hit me that night around a kitchen table at all. Um, it was about a week after and it was... I suddenly realised the situation I was in, and actually, there are other people. When you sell a business with your name, you are always part of that business, and that business will always be part of you. I mean, that is just a reality. But how do you move on from that? Are you still are you still able? Should you be able to still be the person? And the answer is, of course, you is because that's life. You know, if we if all we do is just replicate things that we've done, nobody's ever going to move on. The world will never change. But I did see that I couldn't use Jo Malone, but I was Jo Malone. Um, And that didn't feel too strange to me, although it felt very strange to other people. But, and I didn't want to be the cream and black box anymore. I'd done that. That was part of my life. I wanted to do something new and something different. I knew I wanted to change the world again. I knew I wanted to be a global brand. I loved the chase of business. I love business. I love connecting things. So I knew I wanted all of those. So who was I? Should I change my name? And I, I couldn't change my name, because I'm you know that's that was my name, that was my identity. And I didn't sell Joe the person, I sold Joe the brand. And I started to have to really make sure that it was clear in my head before I was able to move on. And once it was clear in my head, then the real game started. Because we had a name, we had to IP that and protect that name and trademark it, around the world before we had sold one bottle of fragrance. That's not normally how it happens. But we knew if we didn't trademark those areas that someone else would, and would prevent us from building a global brand. So all of our strategy was turned on its head. We had to look at what is the end game even before we created one bottle for the end game to become the beginning game and then move. So it was a complete reverse of the, of the building of the first business, it was a completely different experience.
0: Yes. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of that comes from having a notable name in and of itself that's, you know, attached at this point to a different brand. But it's sort of like you're starting from being on top, if you will. So you have to think about things in a different lens. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was like looking at a telescope the wrong way around. You're, you're quite right. And and also the world expects you when you, when you've built something and it's successful, the world expects you to return on that same platform. And that was hard. That was very hard. And we, we funded everything ourselves. We didn't have a partner. We rented a small studio where I started, so we had no shop to begin with. But it, it yeah, it was, it, it was a strange experience, but, every, and, and there was there was a time when I wanted to quit for about a year. It was so tough and so hard. And it didn't matter how many people I told that I was still Joe, the person, but wasn't involved. It wasn't getting through and it wasn't, and it was, it was just never ending. Um, The press knew, the journalists knew, but the consumer would, would find out and then forget. And so we'd be back to square one. And so how did we break through into the business world? I knew that my creativity was different. Um, but it was it was the point at which we came... So the shop I'm sitting in here now, I'm sitting in the Candle studio, the creative studio, and it was when Gary gave me the keys to the shop, which, in fact, was where I had my first job at 16. So I, I'm sitting where I was when I was 16 years old, came right back to where I started. That's when it started to change, and the pieces of the puzzle started to connect one after the other, and we started to, to find a global voice again. And Gary's your husband, correct? Gary's my husband, my best friend, my business partner. And I wouldn't want uh, to run a business or be in a business without him. Oh, that's He's such wonderful. a lovely
0: sentiment. Um, you currently reside in Dubai, which I mentioned at the top of the show. Was the move there professional, personal? Mm.
1: It was a bit of everything, really. I'd I'd got to... I think after COVID, like a lot of people, I really struggled coming out of COVID. I, I don't know what it was, but I was suffering severe anxiety for whatever reason. I, I really don't know why. I was finding it hard to create. I was finding it just, you know, just life just tricky. And I knew I had to either, well, I always believe you have three choices. You either have to accept a situation and get on with it you remove yourself from the situation or you have to change the way you look at it and stick it throughout through. In this occasion, I knew I had to get myself out of a situation with a whole new experience. And I have always found that adventure and opportunities have always knocked on my door, but I decided for the next decade that I would go find adventure and knock on its door. And I had to switch it. And I knew that um, I'd visited by many, many, many times. And I felt at home there. The culture of fragrance is, I mean, I've learned so much in the last year. I feel like the young kid, he started all over again. And I wanted to sit at the banquet of opportunity. I want to change the world. And I I looked at it to see whether I could find five faces of Joe, five different aspects. And uh, it it was, you know, quite an exciting challenge for both Gary and I. We moved just he and I in our suitcases and off we went. Um, we live on the beach now. We live kind of quite a boho life and watch the sunrise and set. And I sit under the trees with my perfume bottle. I mean, if anyone ever sees me in Dubai and you see me sitting under the trees, just join me and I'll and we'll smell with you. And, and people go by and they go, are you Jane Malone? And they go, yeah, yeah. Come and sit with me. Do you want to smell? And I sit there and smell all my notes and, and they smell with me. And it's just this, Wonderful, incredible opportunity. I feel calm, my anxiety has gone, my creativity is raw and um, powerful and passionate at this moment, Um, and I'm living a wonderful life with people, Uh, it's a very safe society, but it's the creative opportunity. If you have an idea in Dubai and you're thinking to yourself, you know, how do I make this happen? People just make it happen it comes reality, you know, really quickly. It doesn't just stay as an idea in your head. So for me, it's probably been one of the best uh, decisions I've made in, in this part of my life, uh, in the trilogy of my life. And um, I'm working on an amazing project at the moment, which I'm halfway through. So And I would never have done that if I'd stayed here in the UK.
0: Does the project in question sort of have to do with what you mentioned about changing the world. I'm, I'm very curious if you're able to share more about it.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll share it with you because I have. So uh, this particular project, so I'm working on five amazing opportunities at the moment of which three are reality now for me. Uh, and that ha- that's happened within the year. The, but this particular one is my son who is in university in Boston said to me one day, mom, I'm reading this incredible book called A Thousand and One Arabian Nights. And there's a woman in this story that is so like you. And I said, oh, darling, how lovely, is that? And he said, Queen Sherazade. And I said, why? So she, he said, she was the greatest storyteller of her time, creating a 1,001 stories in order to keep herself alive and not be killed by the king. And it gave me this, it just inspired me. You know, when something comes by and it just walks by you and it just grips you. And I thought, okay, could I, could I write? 1,001 Arabian Nights per cent. This was how my mind was starting to think. And so I started a project at the beginning of this year, which is 101 stories, 101 notes. And once I have completed that 100, I'm halfway through at the moment. It might take me a bit longer than a year, but you would be able to give me any story in your life in one sentence that made you smile. And I will recreate that story for you in under five notes. So I will put the notes to the words and the emotions and the color and the touch and the music and, and I will recreate those stories. And so I will bring fragrance um, as powerfully as a story from A Thousand and One Arabian Nights.
0: How does that vision or that project kind of come to life? You, of course, cannot physically be everywhere and speak to everyone. So if I'm shopping joe loves and you're not around how does that work
1: so we're working on it right now okay so we're, what we're doing is every note that i've created we're attaching the emotion that's the, the everything every every one of those five senses that note will have all of those images and that um and I'm working with a group of very creative people at the minute. So I'm not going to tell you any more of, of, of the project, but there is something we're working on, which is just, it's kind of, it's never been done before. Um, and it excites me to, and what it's doing is it's really connecting human to human. There's a real humanity about it. You know, from everything from a woman who came to me and she said, uh, I've had 13 miscarriages. And I found out 24 hours ago that I'm pregnant again and no one knows. And I, as I'd walked out the door um, to go and to give this speech, I'd worked on this incredible note called Lavender Blue Sky. And it's the smell of a newborn child in your arms. And something said to me, no one had, no one had smelt it. It was only me in the world. That was it. And I, so something said to me, put it in your pocket. And sure enough, one of these stories, she came up. And I sprayed her, and tears were in her eyes and mine. There was something so beautiful that the descent the, the had unlocked something within her. Um, and today, and by the way, she uh, went on to successfully carry a child and and has a little girl today. So very good news.
0: Very good news. Talk to me as well about the fragrance, paintbrushes, and the tapas bar, because there seems to be such a rich format for storytelling with Joe Loves, in addition to a wonderful portfolio of fragrances, too.
1: So that's what we're, that's, I'm a scent storyteller, the gatekeeper of scent memories. That's what I do. And so each fragrance is a story. The, uh, the tapas bar was something I wanted to connect with the consumer in a very different way. And I wanted to bring Certes to Soleil to fragrance, and the tapas bar enabled us to do that. So when we first moved here in uh, 42 Elizabeth Street, I walked in and, I, and I've, I had the vision of a tapas bar. And I don't know whether you've ever been here, but we have a, a big red glass J tapas bar. And uh, I have just walked in the shop and there's about 20 people sitting at the bar having tapas. So we serve uh, tapas for your nose, nothing to eat, so your shower gel comes from cocktail shakers in martini glasses. Your bath cologne comes from steaming tagines with chopsticks. Your sh- your body lotion comes from veloute Guns. We paint you with fragrance. So the whole thing flips on its head. It's free of charge. And we call it our first kiss. The moment the brand kisses you for the first time and you never forget the first moment that you were touched by the brand and Joe loves. And then from there... We continue to build stories, Cirque du Soleil, the fairgrounds, the, the entertainment. Um, I mean, you name it. We And today, my day has been so bizarre, I can't tell you. I've had world-changing conversations today with people and suddenly it's starting to click. People are like, oh, she, is, she is so um, thinking differently to everybody else. Paintbrush. Um, is I wanted once in my life to change the way the whole world did something in fragrance. And I came up with the idea, and it's the world's first, well, was, everyone's now using paintbrushes, which I think is wonderful. Um, And it's the world's first fragrance paintbrush, so you're able to paint, I can't see where they are, you're able to paint your body with fragrance. So you look at your body as though it's a canvas, you take your paintbrushes, and I've created a scent gel. So you click, they're all refillable as well. So, we, you know, you buy little cartridges to refill them and you paint your body and you start to use paint, scented, sorry, scent, as you would paint, but there's no colour, it's only about fragrance. Um, and that is what's captivating the younger generation in China. I had um, a whole lot of Chinese influences here in the last few days. And they are—they just said it is one of the coolest. It's what every young person wants uh, wants to buy as a scented. A Joe loves uh, fra- fragrance paintbrush.
0: And that's really interesting to me. I wonder as well your thoughts on how Gen Z and younger people sort of differ in their fragrance behavior as compared to older generations, or, or really just what they're interested in from fragrance these days. The niche category has really been growing lately.
1: Mm. It, and, you know, the artisans, the people doing it differently. Well, every generation changes something. It's not that Gen Z have come along and, and we've all done it the same way, but, you know, each generation, because it's to do with the culture, the history, the politics, opportunities in life. I mean, every generation changes. When I think back to my grandmother, she wore one fragrance all her life. That was it. She never wore anything else and she only wore it in the evening. And now, you know, we're seeing uh, and different cultures across the world never wore fragrance where we're looking at the Far East now and we're seeing one of the biggest explosions in fragrance and that creativity. I think it's a means of expressing yourself and hearing your voice and... Uh, connecting with other people with a similar voice and the power of scent and memory I think is is really interesting but we're looking at the moment at scents uh, to help people perform so for instance in Japan in the subway in the morning when you get onto a subway there will be a light scented citrus note calms your mind gets you set yourself ready for work so there's a whole movement now about is scent more than just a good smell can it do that because it does connect with the uh hippocampus primeval part of our brain
0: yes i've heard about this i've covered it a little bit the functional fragrance category where you know it can really double with being almost a performance type of product whether that be you know being more vigorous and and alert or awake, or also calming you down, helping you sleep, relaxing you. There's many different ways that fragrance can play a strong role. Um, What are your thoughts on the clean fragrance category, which doesn't use certain synthetic ingredients and advocates for disclosing more ingredient transparency? I think
1: if that's part of your strategy, I think there's room for everybody. And there will always be a consumer that wants something along those lines. should that be should we all have to work in that way? I think we have to choose as entrepreneurs and founders of our businesses which direction we know our consumer our consumer knows us. but I think a lot of it comes down to the integrity and trust of a relationship within that business as well there has you know there has to be, and I think that's what. I get from clean fragrances is a disclosure of this is who I am Um, and I think there will always be people that really want to use those type of fragrances.
0: As Joe Loves becomes more of a global brand, I know that there's a hospitality opportunity Joe Loves, uh, through its hotel collection, Joe by Joe Loves, is available at the Shangri-La, the Shard in London, and the Park Lane Hotel in New York. How valuable has that been in generating buzz and awareness for the brand?
1: Do you know, um, we we work with such a a great group. And when they first came to us, I, I wasn't sure about the idea of it. It has been amazing. I can't tell you. Absolutely amazing. The Shangri La in the first one we did was the Shard, and we threw this huge party. Um, But I took over the restaurant, so I I kind of want to bring my all my senses into the hospitality industry. So in the Shard, we started off uh, doing it with some cocktails and whatever. Then we went to the Shangri La in Oman, and I took over the spa, I took over the bar, I took over the restaurant. We created the pomelo, the first pomelo beach. You name it, we did it. And the hotel were were just so bowled over by the whole thing, so much so that we came to the Park Lane just recently. We took over the suite and we created uh, the Joe Loves Cinema with pomelo popcorn. We created uh, all the beds were uh, beautiful, or scented, with beautiful. and, And what was happening is they were starting to see it not just as an ancillary, but an emotional story connection between hospitality and scent and the consumer. And they've asked me to come up with, well, come up with all kinds of crazy ideas of which I'm in the process of doing right now and thoroughly, and actually Dubai is a great place to be, again, because the hospitality industry is so strong.
0: As you think about fragrance and the industry, it give me a sense of how you think it's changed since you first created Joe Malone, London. Where do you think the fragrance category is headed now, too?
1: Um, I think it's well, has
0: it. My goodness,
1: it's changed. I think there's a place for everybody though, as well. I don't think it's just about one industry, but the, the growth that we're seeing is definitely in the indie artisan brands. It's people doing it differently. And I went um, I went into Harvey Nichols today. I just wandered around. I sometimes just wander around the fragrance floor, and um, I also create uh, fragrances for Zara. I don't know whether you knew that. I, um, yeah, I do whole collections for, for Zara. And I walked around and we did a collection for Zara um, two years ago called Vibrant Cities. And it was beautiful packaging. And as I walked through, I could see the influence that I had had on someone else's brand. It was almost identical packaging. And I just think to myself, I think what we're seeing now is ideas are happening really quickly. Different industries are merging together, collaborating, creating third identities. And I think a lot of, a lot of um, like bigger brands, not, to, not in fragrance, but they are starting to see scent is a powerful, powerful marketing tool. Um, that, that is new. That is new and different. I mean, a few people, when you go into a hotel, there might be like the Langham in London. You walk in, there's the most delicious, I think it's ginger lily smell. It's wonderful. And you know where you are that smell i'm talking on a much bigger scale now and i think companies are really going to start to 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 need the language of scent in order to to bring that memory because you look at technology everything is moving so quickly isn't it you know when we when we flip through our phones and whatever and we enjoy something it's, it's gone over our head five minutes later it's gone we're onto something else but the sense of smell brings us back to the roots and the, and the and the relationship that we have with a brand, so uh, it, it's a very exciting time to be in fragrance. Um, I'm definitely going to change the world again and find the the five faces of Joe. That's for sure. Um, but and I just think these young, wonderful pioneers coming along and starting, and they look at someone like me and go, "If she did it, I can do it." And that is what makes me really happy right this moment to see the next generation come
0: wonderful joe thank you so much for joining us today this has been an absolute pleasure i'm feeling wholly inspired myself Um, i'm going to just go admire all my fragrances now and find something nice to spritz on (laughs)
1: listen it's been a joy speaking to you and and also uh, all your listeners and uh, hopefully We'll come to New York. I'm coming to New York, I think, to live for a little bit next year. Oh, and uh, maybe we can do something fun like a discovery, sense storytelling on his discovery collection together. Oh, and I'll tell you lots more stories.
0: Absolutely. I will be there with bells on. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. Tune in next week for another episode. And of course, if you haven't already subscribed, please hit that button.